I was a bit lost, really. I'll be honest, my early 20s, I just felt really lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I got a, I had a job in London, admin, which was oh, I couldn't stand. But it was just, you know, I was living my 20s and I had enough money to go out and have a drink with my mates and that was a thing. But I, I wanted to do something with my life. I, I had something inside me and I wanted to do something. Hello and welcome to How Not to Run a Business with me, your host, Jeremy Jacobs, a podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to work for themselves. Each week, I bring you real, honest, and down-to-earth conversations about success, failure, and how not to run a business, all in service of you living a life you love and achieving your version of success. Thank you for joining me. It's me, your host, Jeremy Jacobs, and I hope you're doing very well today, as always. And I sat down this week with my friend Sam Thomas. Sam is a wonderful human being. The man has a heart of gold, and he's always got a smile on his face. And he always likes to give me a massive hug every time I see him. He's a great guy. Very, very well known on the Brighton and Hove slash Sussex networking scene. He has had a lifelong dream ever since he was very young to work for himself and run his own business. And his journey as an entrepreneur is certainly interesting. Many failed attempts at different careers, including hairdressing, coffee making, all sorts of stuff. And I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to keep it short because it's a relatively long episode, but it's such a wonderful conversation. We had a right laugh recording this episode and... Sam is a very open, vulnerable, and honest human being, and he shares his journey, his failures, his mistakes, and I certainly learnt a lot, and I hope you do too. So for now, it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, Sam. How are you today? I'm very well. Is it odd being on the other side? It is very, very odd. I'm very <laughs> excited as well. I'm, um, I'm buzzing to be here, mate. So I'm yeah, looking forward to this. I was thinking earlier... Um, it's like if you ever when someone drives you in your own car yeah. and you're like in the passenger seat and like this is odd I shouldn't <laughs> be here and it's like the <laughs> other way around so for context so Sam you you introduce yourself oh. tell my listeners who you are and what you do sure I'm uh, so I'm Sam Thomas I am a co-founder at County Business Clubs also a podcast host for the County Business Talks podcast. Um, I own Firm Balls and Managing Director of Sussex Business Time. So I spin a few plates, um, and but I love business and I've been fortunate enough to be in the business community here in Sussex for God, over 10 years now. So um, yeah, yeah and, I, and I love it. It's a great business community and I, I, I love business. I love being involved in it. So Yeah, and that's why I was saying like it's odd being on the side because every time I come into Plus X, you're often here. <laughs> Like with a series of line of people out the door coming in, and you're on the other side. So uh, I I asked you to come on my podcast and talk to me about your story, your journey, and because I know we've connected over failure. So your business, uh, your podcast rather, yeah. is County Business Talks. That's it. Yep. And tell my listeners, because it's a great podcast. And I've been on it. My favourite episode is episode 24. <laughs> and what a brilliant episode. Uh, it was as well. Yeah, oh, so mate. your podcast, tell, tell what, what's, the, what's the sort of idea behind it? Why did you do it? I just, uh, it was one of them things. I, I, during lockdown, I listened to loads of podcasts. Um, 
and it just like high, high performance diver ceo those type of ones and really just inspired me to i love having a chat um people that know me will know i love having a chat and uh part of county business club is all about sharing stories so mm. my what's come out of the podcast and actually what one of the reasons for starting is I, I really believe everyone's got a story to tell so whether you've run a company for 30 40 years or you're just starting on that business journey everyone's got a story to tell so um i love getting people on and finding out because we all have the ups and downs of running a business the successes the failures and culture or everything in between but i think we've got i love the fact that people are able to come on and be open and honest and share their their journey and, and their stories with me and it's been educational it's been the most rewarding amazing thing i've probably mm -hmm. done and that I mentioned all the different plates I spin. For me, it's probably the like, the thing I love doing the most. And if I could do it all the time, I would. But you know, we have to do other bits. But I, I genuinely, hand on heart, love it. And it's, uh, it's like I say, yeah, get to meet amazing people, build great connections, mm, and, and find yeah. out about people. Yeah, I've podcasting for me is like my happy place, like my flow state. I could do it all day long because I love talking. I used to record, um, we used to have an old, you know, tape tape cassettes. If you're under, <laughs> well, I don't know, 20, you probably won't remember that. Well, not, <laughs> you don't know what they are. And I used to record little radio, radio like station programs. No, I used to pretend to be a radio presenter. Always love wanted that. to be a radio presenter. No, I didn't want to be a radio presenter. I just loved doing it. And then I started doing this and I was like, ah. Oh. Um, brilliant. So you've missed something very important out. You are... A fundraising god. That's what I wrote down <laughs> when I was thinking about it last night. Fundraising god. <laughs> so true, you've yeah. been doing some amazing work. What have you been up to? You've been throwing yourself out of a plane? Yeah, we've done a few. So I can't so Rocking Horse Children's Charity is a charity really close to my heart. So my, my son when he or the twins when they were born, um Sienna come out first, she was fine, and Luca, my son was he was got the cord wrapped around his neck, so he was in intensive care for for quite a few weeks and pretty much if it wasn't for the equipment that Rocking Horse supply at the Trevor Man baby unit, he might not be with us now. Wow. Um and yeah, they basically saved his life. So I went for a period of coming out of there, and I said the, the day that they, the doctor told me he was going to be okay, um, I broke down a bit. I'm not going to lie, and I was like, yeah, I got, so I come out, and I was like, right, I'm going to raise as much as I can for Rockin' All. So I've done a few bits over the years, and then, um, and always been a big supporter of them, which has been the last seven years. And then they approached me last year and said about me becoming a trustee, which I was, yeah really honoured to do um, and my first year as a trustee I thought why not make a bit of a splash about it and try and so I've set myself a target to try and raise 10 grand this year um, which has been good, great I've done yeah run half Wait, marathon where are we at so where I'm just uh, I'm just gone over eight so amazing and, I've got, um, and there's a couple of bits still to come in and then we've got our last Christmas fundraiser at the end of the year in on the 15th of December um, which will be a raffle and stuff so I'm hoping that'll take me over the over the top and if anyone wants to donate, where can we donate? So I've got my Just Giving page, so um, I'll share it all on my LinkedIn and socials yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, I've got Just Give, it's Sam's 10K Trustee Challenge. Um, so, yeah, we can uh, I can share that after. But, yeah, it's been it's been great this year. Like I say, we've, I've thrown myself out of a plane with my 76-year-old dad, bless him, um, which, was, uh, which was an experience. Um, run a half marathon, done a triathlon. And fifty fifth year for Rocking Horse this year, so their anniversary. So I'm fifty five holes of golf in a day, which was um, which was yeah enjoyable. And a twenty four hour podcast. And a twenty four hour podcast, which was absolutely here right here in the Plus X studio. So it was 
out of all the things I'd done, that was probably the bit. It was magical. Like, yeah. I, 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 uh, like we both said, we how much we love doing podcasting, but I wasn't sure how you do it. Like I think to myself, like, am I gonna? You know, it's like sometimes it can be quite. You're really engrossed in the conversation, mm. so to do that, I was thinking that could be really challenging. I've done two or three in a day before, and I'm like coming like afterwards, you know, I'm I'm a bit exhausted. But it was brilliant. Like 24 completely different people Amazing. from sports stars to TV presenters, radio presenters to you know Master Chef. I had, entrepreneurs, business owners, everything in between. It was brilliant. Like, I, I loved it. And it, like I say, 24 completely different conversations and they, yeah, different energies, people, some in the studio, some online. And that, that event alone, mate, is just under three grand. So, yeah, amazing. it was amazing. So, yeah, it was, it's been it's been a really been a really good year. And, yeah, hopefully, like I say, I'm, I'm nearly there at the target. So I You'll get there. I'm sure. Of course, I'm sure. No, no, always. no. Of course always. you will. Even if we have to go out in the streets with buckets. <laughs> we will. We will. I'll we'll be there that. for you. And you're so, originally from Essex. I am, yeah. The Essex twang's not left me. So, we're, um, <laughs> yes, uh, so, I'm born and bred. Yeah. So, um, for anyone that's in America, Essex is like Jersey <laughs> to New York, isn't it? <laughs> London good. to Essex. I like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard someone else say that. I'm not going to take credit <laughs> for that. Um, and because uh, I don't video my podcast, um, you're you're very colourful today, as you always are. <laughs> I've, I've gone I've gone all yellow today, so yeah, we've gone it looks for nice. The, blending in with a plus X, yeah. looking a bit LL Cool J, but it's, it's, very, it's me midlife crisis, mate. That's all. With <laughs> me baseball caps, but um, yeah, you're very on brand as on brand, and yeah. as uh, <laughs> as uh, plus X go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to talk about your journey as an entrepreneur. Um, I know you as uh, an an incredible human being, very positive, always got a smile on your face, always willing to give me a hug when I see <laughs> you. Um, and the work that you do in the business community is amazing. You're an, an amazing human being. So if you don't know Sam, you need to get to know Sam, in my opinion. Um, he's an awesome human being. So I would love to hear about your journey to where you are today. And I know that it will be peppered with failures and mistakes um There's plenty of them yeah i it's quite nice actually because i've this po podcast is evolving mm. and when i started out it's like right i'm going to talk about failure i'm going to get people to come in and talk about failure and it's kind of gone off that a little bit yeah. and i've and that's i'm fine with that and so i'm going well you'll be released next year in 2023 yeah. awesome. and we're going weekly i'm thinking oh shit how am i going to do this and um and it's nice because this is a conversation i haven't had in a while where i'm specifically talking about failure and how yeah. not to run a business which is the whole point yeah. of the podcast so yeah give us give us a, a walk through your life yeah, wherever sure. you want to start maybe not from birth no, no. um <laughs> well, I, I guess look my entrepreneurial journey started when I when I come to Brighton um, back in 2010, um, when I took over a franchise of a hair salon, so part of the um, I was part of the Tony and Guy group. So going back slightly before then, obviously I'd after I failed my A levels at school, come out I always was going to be a footballer. That was it. I was not a bad footballer to be honest, and I had a few trials when I was younger and never quite made it. And not being a footballer, um, I didn't know what I was going to do. That was the honest truth. Okay, why? Can I ask, this is a 
blunt and bold yeah. question. Why did you fail your A levels? Like, did you just, just, not, I just didn't wasn't, care? I just would. Uh, yeah, I wasn't engaged at all. Oh. To be honest, I wasn't the most academic. It's I've done okay. Done like GCSEs. I've done all right. I got reasonable grades, but I was. I think one of my one of my teachers once put if Sam's brains were in his feet he'd be a genius and um, mm. but that was my thing football sport anything to do with sport I loved it um, but yeah just I, I stayed on to do A levels again because I didn't know what I wanted to do mm. so now, I, and I always mention it on my podcast and the amount of people I think we've spoke about it before about like, you know entrepreneurialism wasn't really a thing back I'm, you know what well, I'm 43 now so going back 25 years or whatever it wasn't really encouraged in school you know you couldn't go and just set up your own business well you could but it wasn't glamorized or talked about as much and even supported as much as it is in schools and stuff now so um that wasn't ever really an option i I wonder whether i'd have started my journey a lot quicker as an entrepreneur had that been Mm. bought to me thing no go on and i i had i had you know my mum and dad bless them they're, they're the loveliest people in the world and taught me a real strong work ethic but but not really entrepreneurial so that wasn't that I've never had that my dad had the same job for many years and my mum was looking after us and then in and out of, uh, of other jobs so it was f- for me I just didn't I, I was a bit lost really I'll be honest mm. my early 20s I just felt really lost I didn't know what I wanted to do I got a I had a job in London admin which was oh, I couldn't stand but it was just you know I was living my 20s and I had enough money to go out and have a drink with my mates and that was a thing but I, n- I wanted to do something with my life I, n- I had something inside me and I wanted to do something and I used to get my hair cut at Tony and got her um, I got it cut there for my wedding and blah 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 and I got really close with a person who cut my hair and she was and I loved the buzz of it in Tony and got her. I loved I was always into fashion I loved that so I lo- you know always like my clothes and bits and pieces so it was I loved that industry, and I was like, maybe I could do this. My my granddad had a, his own barber shop. My uncle was a barber, and I was like, I could I could get into this. So I ended up approaching the people who managed the Tony and Guy in Lakeside in Essex, and they, I said, look, I really want to do this, but because I was a bit older, they said coming in as an apprentice. Obviously, the money's not you know that great. So and obviously I'd have to take a massive pay cut. But I was playing semi-professional football at the time, so I was earning a bit of money there. And they actually look, you're see a good people person come in and you can do front of house and then do the hairdressing on the side so i did that um and loved it i love i love people I love, I, we've said i'm a very much a people person i love i love the industry i worked at london fashion week it was great but i was actually crap at hairdressing that's the honest <laughs> truth <laughs> I just, like, my wife attested she, she come in as a model five hours later i'm still trying to dye her hair or blow dry I think I burnt her twice or so when I was blow dry her so I just I just didn't have a knack for it and as much as I tried look, we talk about fast another thing I was just like I really wanted to do it well you just, gave it a go didn't I you did give it do a you go. know what I mean like there's so many people out there that I know that aren't doing what they love mm. like my I was going to say partner but fiance I don't know why I said it in that voice <laughs> yeah. my fiance um, who's a train driver wants to be a florist and I said go be a florist yeah. and he was like well I'd, I'd have to I don't know if I'd earn enough money you know there's all these blocks yeah, and always. problems and I think as entrepreneurs we make those go away yeah. or find a way around those blocks but it was so not in his field of so, vision yeah. um, but it is in mine and so I paid for him to go on a floristry course, so it's a half-day one, yeah. making myself sound really great. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
and uh, and he are. was it, honestly it's compl- you see his face change he's like oh my god I can't believe you've done this I'm so excited yeah. I met someone at um, the BBBBBC see? breakfast club <laughs> and uh, Florist and I said to her can I bring my partner down to come and like find out what you do she's like yeah absolutely Love you know that. that's the entrepreneurial spirit but you, you know give it a go like yeah. you did in that instance I think I've always I've always been a lot like that I always think to myself I'd rather I'd rather try something and it not work out than go like my friends even still now like after all the things that I've done and not worked out and failed, and they go, oh, what's Sam up to now? What are you doing now? Like, and it's almost a running joke with me. Like, oh, Sam's doing something else. Oh, you're going to go and do that now. But like, like, I always, for me, I always look at life as an opportunity. So yeah. I've put, I'm have i a yes man. People will say to me, oh, do you want to do that? Oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And I'll figure, I'll, I'll give it a go and I'll figure out how I'm going to do that later. Like, just because by saying yes and have, it just creates opportunities and experiences that you go okay there's loads that I've done that have not worked and that that experience maybe hasn't been that great but it's still been an experience yeah. and something I can pull on and hopefully you learn from I guess that's the, the key but so it was yeah it was, it was it at that time it was really strange because at that time in my in my 20s I was doing a lot of reading around like business books and you know about entrepreneurs and mindset and stuff and it that really changed like with the whole rich dad poor dad that type of that, those type of books and some autobiographies and it just really changed my actually i could do this um and then everything was geared for me to go and for, i wanted to run my own business and actually at that point i didn't care what business it was i just mm. wanted to run a business yeah. um I, I i remember i worked um with a friend of mine on a coffee van yeah. Mr. Coffee, so frothy. He was outside Liverpool Street Station. He taught me how to make coffee, I, and I almost got a coffee van. I, I stood outside stations and done with my click account. Oh, I was going to do various different coffee vans. I put a business plan together, and I, I was going to go down that route. Then I and what I happened looked, there? Then I, to be honest, so. Were you shit at making coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I drink a lot of coffee. I wasn't great at making coffee. But, it, but what I t- I, one thing did happen at that point was that um, I almost bought, it was before the crash um, in 2008, and I almost bought a property as well. I looked at her and I was like, oh, I could do this, I'll be a property developer. And my, my nan unfortunately passed away, and her house was in near Leightonstone. She was saying it was, my uncle lived upstairs, and it was over to, she was a family property. And it was over, so I looked at it, done some plans, got an architect in. Actually, I got a self, I was on like 20 odd grand a year, and I got a self cert mortgage for like 350 grand or something crazy like that. And, I, and, and we almost went to buying up. And it was only I'd done a lot of research, and it was before the crowd. I was a bit concerned about it. But anyway, long story short, I cut. I didn't do that. Um, that's that's when I was on the path to do the coffee thing. And then I got into that, and I was like, right, this is going to be the thing. And then we ended up pulling out, thankfully, because then obviously the, the crash happened, sure. and yeah, so I'd have lost loads of money. So and then it just so, but I, my whole I'd been something inside me had been ignited where I go, oh, I want to do something in business so I'd approached the people at the salon and I said look I w- I'm not going to do hairdressing anymore it's not for me but they said look you're you're such a good people person why don't you just manage the salon instead um, we can pay you obviously more money you can take over the whole running of it which I did so I've done um, and then with a view to looking at whatever opportunities come of that so 
I ended up doing that for a couple of years and then the opportunity did come up to take over my own salon. So I was one of the, going to be one of the only franchisees within the whole Tony and Guy group that actually wasn't a hairdresser, yeah. um, which is obviously a reason for that. But um, And that was probably one of my biggest challenges. But I jumped it. It was a, it was a company-owned salon, essential, so it's a sister company of Tony and Guy. Um, probably not the same strength in branding, but you know, it still had all the... So the same benefits with staff, etc. So, um, yeah, I, I, 2010, um, I, I come down and took over, took over the essential salon, and it was a, it, it was a massive challenge. Mm. Um, three years I run it for, I commuted for two of them on a motorbike seven days a week, which was a challenge from in Essex. itself from Essex. Wowzers. Which was a challenge in itself. Yeah. So come rain, sleet or shine, there was a couple of hairy moments. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you just sort of, I threw myself in, because I wasn't cutting hair, I was out networking and meeting, I started to build my network then. Mm. Um, and But it, the, the challenges that come with, with running, it was my first business, went in, I think for me, I look, I always reflect on it, I look back now and I went in as a, as a boss and not a leader. And I think I found it difficult to inspire the staff because I didn't cut hair. So they, it was very much a, don't really know what he's doing. Mm. Despite the fact I'd increased turnover very quickly, um, the salon was moving in the right direction, but not quickly enough. And then you do okay, and then you lose a member of staff, and they take their their clients with them, and you start it again a bit. And then so it was just a constant up and down. Mm. Um, but I finally moved down in 2012, and I think what about, uh, probably about 18 months in actually, I thought to myself, this this isn't working. And right. I, I didn't, at that point, I, I felt like maybe I'd need to jack it in. But one thing I always thought, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to just give up. It was my first business and I just didn't want to go, oh, I've, I've given up. People had gone, oh, well, like, you know, I guess a pride thing. Didn't want to go back to Essex with my tail between my legs going, oh, you know, I haven't. But when I eventually did come to, to close it after three years, for me, I felt at peace with myself with it, where I, I I couldn't. I knew that with my hand on my heart, I'd give it everything I got. I mm. put blood, sweat, and tears mm. into it. I couldn't have done any more to actually make it work, and and it didn't. And I just I accepted that. I think I I understood and accepted failure. Okay. I, I guess in that, that at that period, whereas if I'd done that eighteen months in, I think I'd have still had them because after eighteen months, when I was when it was a bit of a struggle, I went away for a week. And I had a bit of time out, and I actually come back with a new. So the salon, to put in context, the salon was over three floors. So I had the salon downstairs, we had beauty on the top floor, and the thing was always to put a barbers in the middle. So although I didn't cut hair, I learned how to. I trained to do cutthroat shaving. So I went away, and I come back, and I ended up setting up a course for other because Tony and Guy didn't do it themselves. So I was like, right, actually, I can bring some money into the salon, and I'll start. So I put together a really intensive two-day course for other Tony and Guy salons, and I sold it to the powers that be and they supported it and so they ended up sending staff down so I would and that actually started to do okay but then took me off to sell on a bit so that was good so there was always a balance mm -hmm. but you know I, I just tried to think a bit outside the box do something a bit different and it was a, again that was a great experience I learned a lot about that um and then but yeah and I, so I then got to that three year period and was like you know what uh, I I know I've done everything I can it was either chucking yeah, yeah, yeah. or or just call it a day and um, okay. yeah. Got lots of questions for you, so go for it. Go for it.
So just reflecting back on what you shared, um, and thanks for being honest and open. I've got lots of questions about the closing of the salon. But there's a few things that you mentioned. First of all, I just want to highlight, because I want these podcast episodes to be as informative as Mm. possible, to highlight what you did with the coffee van, you know, going out there with your clicker and counting the people and doing all that sort of groundwork, which some people do a lot of, and I think it's really great. And then the amount of people that come to me as a business mentor slash coach slash whatever you want to call me that don't do like they go and invest money and it's i'm not criticizing because i did it and go and invest money in something and they haven't done the groundwork they haven't gone and made you know the due diligence to make sure and it is a risk it's such a risk and it sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't um i wanted to understand a little bit more about because you said you just wanted to be in business Mm. what was it about being a business that you love i think for for me there's a couple of things one that i think it's the freedom to to make my own decisions and be in control of my own destiny i guess um i'll be completely honest there was a there was quite a big part of me i think at that early stage that that was very much i I was quite money motivated Mm -hmm. i I wanted to you know i my favorite program growing up was only fools and horses i've (laughs) I've used that same line for many many years that this time next year i'll be man i was that was i was like you know i'm a hustler i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna make some money and i'm gonna do that so i didn't care what business i was i wanted to just make a successful business and make make money and that was the that was i guess a, a bit of a driver for me which I've completely, my mindset around that, and we can come on to it later, but uh, it's completely changed around that sort of side of things. But um, that was my big fix. I just wanted to I wanted to be in control of my own thing. If I was going to generate any wealth for me and my family, it was going to be through running my own business. That's what my, my belief in it. Um, but I just, I do, I, do. I, love, I love being in control of my, every day what I do, and it's my decision. And yeah. If I can work hard and I can get the rewards for that, and the more you know, and I never felt that I'd ever got that, I'd get that from some working for someone else. No, no, absolutely, it's very, um, it's very addictive. That mm. hit of like, oh wow, yeah, you know, I've just made this happen, or someone's just, you know, I just got an email yesterday about you know new client signing on. I'm like, yes, it's so exciting, yeah, creating absolutely. something and then it actually working out. The other thing you said is. I was a boss, not a leader. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday with Seth Godin, and he was talking about this distinction between management and leaders. Mm. And it was really interesting, actually. I found his description very, it was very succinct, very clear. Mm. Could you say more about your view on that boss versus leader? So I think that the whole people, for how, how do you inspire people? How do you, and it's so much, I, 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 put it so much down to culture the culture that you want to create within a, a company and putting people first and empowering people to do stuff and 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 I'd like to think of myself as a really good people person which I, th- I believe I am but when it comes to then managing and leading people I I, I was very naive around that I, I felt I, like I said, people, I wasn't myself during being if I'm being honest I wasn't myself in that salon so I was this like quite you know strict guy as a boss I guess I had a you know quite serious I wasn't like 
I'm a happy-go-lucky person. I've, like you said, I've generally got a smile on my face, and that's how I, I am. But I was in the salon, and I felt like I couldn't be, couldn't be friends with these people. They're my employees. Like, yeah. Couldn't be myself. Couldn't be like, what, what is that about? Yeah, I had the same. I was like, I just couldn't get... Like, that's how I felt I had to be. I think I come from... And the salon that I was at previously was a successful salon. Tony and Guy in Lakeside Shopping Centre was open from nine till ten at night. was turning over millions because at that period, you know, you had just put Tony and Guy above the door and people would walk in using Essex where people like to look after themselves, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever way you want to look at that. But yeah, and and that and I think so but but they led very much, I think, by by fear. Like there was a mum and daughter and they led a little bit by by fear. And like there wasn't a great culture. When I look back now, it was a successful salon. The, 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 the stylists were doing okay, but they there was a disconnect between them. And like when they walked in, everyone was a bit like quiet and you know what I mean. Like, so, but that's what I'd learned as being. I yeah. thought, well, this is a successful salon, so I need to be like that. I need. I can't be friends with them. Whereas I can't build relationships and have a good strong bond with anyone in the salon because I'm their boss and they've got. And I, so I, culturally, I just got it complete. In my opinion, I got it completely wrong, which is probably one of the main reasons it didn't work. I I, I interviewed on my podcast Mark Woolley, who runs Electric Salon, which was literally just around the corner. He was me. the first customer of my cupcake bakery business. Amazing. Yeah, I've got a photo somewhere of my mum and him. Yeah. He's, he's taking the cupcakes to him. He was our very first customer many many years ago. Never Love met that. the guy. Really, he's he's an amazing. Oh, it, look, he's built a global brand as a part of a in, within the hairdressing industry. That's an amazing thing to do. So, but his salon was around the corner. So we used to, you know, loan each other colour, and I'd go in. So I'd go round to his salon, banged out, busy, buzzing atmosphere. Staff always buzzing and happy. You go round to mine, and uh, two or three staff, and waiting for someone to come in, and you like. I just, it was such a, my, worlds apart, it was around the corner, but worlds apart, and I had him on my podcast, I talked to him, it was so much about that, I just felt like I, like I said, I looked at the culture that he created, he was just an inspiration to the staff, and I just don't feel, he, he said actually that I'm, I was giving myself a bit of a hard time about it, and actually, had I had a chat with him before I took over the salon, we'd have probably, he goes, mm. I think you'd have absolutely smashed it, and we'd yeah. <laughs> so... Not that I'm going to go back into that. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> it's well, I was. It's interesting that conversation because I was having a conversation with someone this morning about that, and they were asking my advice on how do you manage members of staff who aren't performing or doing their job well. And this person uh, is friends with this person; they've yeah. got their own business. And I learned a lesson in my business. And that, that's why I think my ears prick up when we talk about management and leadership, mm, yeah. because any, anyone can be, a, in my view, anyone can be a leader. I don't know if you agree with that. Mm. Like, uh, can be a leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can have someone in a relatively junior position. They can still be a leader yeah, because they're uh, inspiring 100%, people. 100%. You know, there's that. And, mm. and management is a very different thing. And I think as business owners, we have to be a manager. Mm. We have to manage people we have to give them clear instructions this is what is expected of you and yeah. this is what will happen if you don't meet this criteria and i think people get i think in this day and age my view i'd love to hear your thoughts on this in this day and age we've started to become much more open to the idea of mental health and vulnerability mm. and feelings and that doesn't align with our where we grew up with i remember working at argus on western road in brighton <laughs> the manager at the time i was just turned 16 
And uh, I was five minutes late on my first day because I, I was waiting for the bus and the first one, the bus I was meant to get just drove past because it was full. So I, I was late. My mum came and picked me up. Anyway, yeah. okay, this is sorry. <laughs> and I walked in and she, <laughs> this is so typical, Jerry. She went, what time do you call this? And I walked in and I looked up at the clock and I went five past ten. <laughs> I love that. Like partly naive, but also partly like don't have sixteen at the time. That's yeah, just yeah. me all over. And she was an absolute witch. Sorry to say it, but she yeah. was. It, she was like her hair in a bun, like typical matriarchal sort of school. Uh, t- you know that sort yeah, of head yeah. teacher. And we are moved so far away from that. And I do think I'm starting to see people. And I know I've got some people who run businesses who've tried this kind of like, we're all equal. There's no hierarchy here. Yeah. We need structure yeah. and people need guidance. And, and, I, and I know of two businesses that have tried that and have both gone, it doesn't work. Mm. You can be firm, you can be friendly, and you can create a great culture, but be professional and say, this is what's expected of you. I had really detailed job descriptions for all my staff. They knew exactly what was expected of them because they're there to do a job at the end of the day. What do you think? I, 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 you know what? I completely agree with that. I think communication is paramount, mm. 100%. Mm. And I think, um, again, I'd like to think of myself as a good communicator. I don't think I was at the salon. Yeah. I, I think, like I said, I just got the communication levels were wrong. But I think exactly that. I think if you, you've got to... Uh, You've got to have some form of structure in a business, similar to like I guess with with kids. Kids need boundaries; they need structure in their life to to develop and grow. And the same, I guess, with staff members, it's got you've got to put something in place so that because there's not you, you, there's part of you that wants you know we're not all the same. Though. We're not all entrepreneurial thinkers. We don't always all think creatively. And come. so there are some people that actually just want to come in. Be given some tasks to do and go and do a job. Yeah, and I that's love those great. People. Yeah, but that's great. But <laughs> I'm the opposite. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but it's then I guess as as good leaders, managers, whatever that looks like, that is that you're able to see those strengths in people. Mm. And there's some people that you go, there you go, you go and get on with that. That's your task. And and day to day they go in and deliver on that. And there's other people you empower them a little bit more because they've got that creativity that they want to go and develop. And I think being a you know, being able to see that in people, seeing people's strengths and weaknesses and having open levels of communication. Because, yeah, you've got to have a structure. You've got to Because ultimately, as a, as a owner of a business or a manager, whatever you are, the buck stops with you. So you, it's got to be that you, you know, it's your house potentially on the line. It's your, you know, your business that yeah. you're growing, your baby that, you, you know, but but you've got to empower these people to help you get to and share in that vision. And that only comes from communication. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's a really good really good point about communication, about being clear with people. Mm. Um, and as you say, you know, we take on the risk as business owners and entrepreneurs, mm. and I believe we should be rewarded for that. If you don't like it, go and start your own business yeah. and go and do it for yourself. Because, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. So let's talk about closing the salon because you know i closed the business you've closed the business and i'd love for you to share about what that experience was like what you've learned be as open and vulnerable as you like yeah, sure um yeah share with me what you what you want to talk about it was, like, like i said i think i alluded to a little bit earlier like for me I remember looking at the time because the people who owned the salon in lakeside were my business partners in the, the one in brighton so they were silent partners really so it was me that was doing all the work and so, so there was a little bit like 
they were so detached from it. They was like, well, we'll just keep going. And I said, we can't just keep going because, like, for me personally, like, what, what I was taking less and less money because there wasn't enough for me to pay. I'm like, you're still living there with your lives up there and here's me risking everything. Like, I've not... I haven't got, I'm not earning enough money personally to do it. I, I just said, we, what, we put more money in and then what, we go again and then in a few months' time, this happens again and we go down. So I just, I, like I said, what for me, it was, I knew that I could put my hand on my heart and go, I have actually given everything I could to this business. Um, I couldn't do any more. It was still a really, really tough time. I felt, I did feel like I'd let, like my wife had moved down. We'd moved down to Brighton in 2012. So I was a year now living in Brighton, sold our, um, we had a property in Essex, which we ended up selling to pay off some of the debts of the of the salon, um, which again, so you just feel, I felt like I'd, you know, again, tail between your legs a little bit, I'd, I'd let her down, I'd let um, everyone I'd spoke to, mates and stuff, they're like, oh, you know, it didn't work out, and you failed, you're not a businessman, and exactly that, like, even mum and dad, like, are very supportive of me, but, you know, you're gonna go and get a job now, like go and get a proper job, but not proper go, job. Yeah, not go and do this. <laughs> come away from this business. So and I was like, but see, it was a really like psychologically really tough time. I remember, I remember sitting. I remember, I still remember the day. I remember sitting in that coffee shop of a morning before I all the, I called all the staff in on a Monday morning, um, and prior to me going in, I sat in a coffee shop and I remember looking on LinkedIn, um, and something come up and it was a, the. 10 rules of success and the top rule was accepting and understanding failure and that is a top rule so then I was like I'd put everything I possibly could into it it's not worked out so just try and take some some positives out of it and as I said I'm a person I, I went in and I sat stood in front of, of that, that those staff members it was a horrible feeling and there was 10 staff at the time I basically had to tell them they all haven't got a job anymore, and that was a situation. It was that was horrible. I never want to be back in that position again. No. But but I knew I had done everything I could. So I, and and there was actually a massive. I'm sure when I we sort of back, there's a, there's an element. Of there's just a sense of relief once you've actually accepted yeah. that. Yeah. And you've gone and you close them doors and you. I've had all the fallout afterwards. The finance parts and insolvency whatever and and you know like i said i had to sell a property to pay off some of the the debts that had accumulated but the sense of relief mm. was i didn't have to go into that place anymore yeah exactly the same i was going to use the reference because like, like having a thorn it's like a thorn in your side but i think in those situations you're in the fucking bush <laughs> you're falling in <laughs> yeah. and there's thorns everywhere yeah. and then suddenly someone drags you out or you put you pull yourself out I completely relate. Did you have like a light bulb? Because I did. But did you have like a moment where you went, I've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore. Was it like clear cut or? Um, not not so much for it. I think no? uh, there, there was a couple of points. Like when I remember sitting around with Tony Moscolo's son, Christian, who owned the Essentials part. I remember sitting in the meeting and I had him and the accountant and um, Kim and Emma were my business partners and, and, and me. And they was all going, looking, oh, yeah, we can do this, we can do it. And I'm like, just, they just don't get it. Like, I, I'm the one that's here breaking my neck for everything. Not take, just, you know, take less money. No. Like, I just, I got that, there was that, I remember that meeting just going, 
we need to the serious consideration here is that we need to look at closing this business because if we keep I'm not going to put any more money in and I said Kim and you're not going to put more money in I, no well, Christian you're not going to bail us out and put more money no well, okay no one's going to put any more money in so wh where are we going to go from here and I'll just and it was a tough thing to do that because there was still a little bit of me like felt a little bit in awe of these other people mm. successful business you know Christian Muscola but, but I just couldn't do it anymore and I was that but what what prior to leading up to that a little bit the, the shave thing had started to go quite well and I was a bit like actually I've cre I've just created this from nothing and they've bought into it a little bit so the, the entrepreneurial creativity in my head was like actually I could take this and do something even bigger with that side of it and what am I wasting my time with people who don't care about me really and they they've got their they, it's just the, what's in it for them and I'm the one taking all of it so anyway so it was a little bit of a lead up to that and thinking actually there's some other options and because I'd built up a bit of a network for myself with it because I'd been out networking I remember I remember saying to my wife when I we closed I said look I'm mad of people said that you're coming back to Essex and I said actually not going to come back to Essex because there's so many opportunities here I said trust me I will make something happen within a few weeks there will be opportunities here and I'll make something happen um, luckily we didn't have kids at the time and we, she was working full time so we did you know financially we was okay for for, for for a couple of weeks so and I knew I could make it happen so that yeah that that for, in answer to your question there was that period that meeting I still remember clearly but I think leading up to that my mind was going like actually there's other options for me I've, I've yeah. got into this world of entrepreneur of running my own business and actually I've got some skills that Although it's not worked out, it's hard, isn't it? Because at that point, you've failed and you've closed it, but you still then go, I do believe that I can go and do something else and I can yeah. make it. Yeah, and I think course. that's the, the self-belief resilience that you need to be to be an entrepreneur. You need inside you that ability to bounce back and go, actually, I'm going to dust myself off. I've learned from that. It didn't work. But back to that original thing that you mentioned about, I'd rather give something a go and it not work out than yeah. be thinking, I wonder what if. Yeah, it sounds like I might be putting words in your mouth that you just didn't want to be doing it anymore. Yeah, as I simple as that, that particular yeah. thing. And that was the same for me. It was like, I could have kept my business going. I could have made it work. I just mm. didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had enough. Yeah, yeah, We're going to do what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think uh, you're spot on, actually. Yeah. I think, yeah, if, I think exactly that. Like, it wasn't that I loved hairdressing and I want like I said I got into it because I wanted to run a business not because I wanted to run a hair salon yeah. so it wasn't that that for me well god this is no this is all I want to do this is all I know it wasn't I wasn't a hairdresser for one I was like I'm just a, I'm a businessman I guess and that's how I, I sort of positioned in, in my head so yeah it was um, as tough as it was it was a massive sense of relief mm. and and like I said, I think anything in life, as long as you can go, oh, have, have you done your best? Yes. Yeah, and there's and there and there's so much outside of you know external to the business itself yeah, that, yeah. that is outside of our control. Yeah. COVID, pandemics, cost of living crisis, all this yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. you can't control. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so there's going to be so much of that influencing your, you know, your the salon at the time. It's the same for my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we take it on like it's our, I took it on yeah. like I'm a failure because of all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I can always look back and go, right, what, what, what can I do differently? That's what I promised myself. It's mm. like, stop repeating these shitty behaviours and patterns, which yeah. I know I've got, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, like all sorts of crap. 
and and just don't take them into the future or start looking at that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a challenging. It, it, it was thing. It, it was challenging, like, but like I say, I come out, and I did within a few weeks. You know, opportunities did come up, and and you know, I, I remember my dad. My, Big Dragons Den moment. I took the shave thing to Tony Moscow. I sat three hundred and fifty million or whatever he was, and I sat in front of him and pitched this amazing global domination of shaving academies for all of the salons. And um, yeah, they loved it and decided to do it without me, which I expected. Oh, really? Well, that, they didn't quite go down that route, but I, I designed a product range and all sorts. And they, yeah, they cheeky bastards. Oh, no, is, they, to, is it who, who was it? T- Tony Dave. Moscato. Yeah, they, they is he the guy who started it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, he was a like, as business people go, genius. Like the franchise model that they created. Was he was such an inspiration? Like you, you, you took over a franchise of Tony and Guy, and the set, the, the the software system. He owned the company for that, and you had to buy that. The fit out. He owned the company for that. The accountants. He owned the company uh, for a that. Bit so of vertical it, it integration. Was unbelievable. Like yeah, what he'd created. Sort of. So it was great. But yeah, they they look, they they didn't really need me. That and they they still allow. Like they supported me in a, a sense. I ended up still doing some courses in salons for a little bit, yeah. um, which I kept going, but. Ultimately, they you know, got art directors and people that were, would take it a lot further than I ever could. And I still don't, I don't know if they completely went out. I'm completely out of the industry now, but I don't know if they went into that route a little bit more than me. But yeah, it was, um, but then it was that. It was obviously, uh, that's when I started Fernballs and, or oh, I got involved with Fernballs. But it was really interesting, actually, that, that period. I actually, I'd done the pitch to Tony Mazzolo and a couple of people in the room at the time. There was the head of Label M, which was the product range. And they didn't go for the idea straight off the bat, but he did invite me in for an interview. He said, look, you, you're a great salesperson. We've got a sales position. Come and have a chat with me. And they offered me a job pretty much like as a regional sales manager and or come and have a chat about this regional sales. And I was like, I had the possible shave academy that I could do separately. Fernballs, which was, you know, Hamid at the time had approached me and said, look, come on board with this. And then uh, this job opportunity and then a couple of other things I was thinking about. And it was really strange. My mum and dad were really like, oh, how did you get on that job for you? Have you got that job? That was the thing that they went, oh, you're you going to do that? And they was excited. And I was like, I've got all these opportunities. That is the one that I'm least interested in. I yeah. really didn't want to do. And I didn't. But and then, but it's strange, people's mentalities, like just a different generation. Yeah, my dad's it. exactly the same. My dad, when I closed the business, was like, are you going to go and get a job <laughs> yeah. now? And uh, he was like, get a pension, get a decent company pension. Him. That's that's the that's way it. he thinks, and yeah. I was like, "No, Dad, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not." I did actually apply for a job at Virgin Atlantic. That was the one company I said I'd only ever go and work for because I'm an absolute aviation nut, yeah. and uh, I love the brand and what they're all about. Um, and uh, and the job that I applied for was like so not for me. Like, do you know what I mean? It was yeah, so specific. Yeah, yeah. They really clearly wanted. I know somebody who works there, but I applied for it. I was like, oh, "Sorry," almost went. Went to be cabin crew. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to go and be yeah. cabin crew." I still haven't quite got there yet, but I might. You never yeah. know. Well, at one point, like just the, go and do what you love. The, the, that's the beauty of like, when when your mindset's in that way that you just go actually look again back to life's an opportunity. Just look at these. Diff- we can actually ch- like, change direction. We can go and do different things. We can go and, and just go and get like you might go and do cabin crew and go. Actually, don't like this. Yeah. I've done it six months. Yeah, yep, great. Got that. Mrs. Don't want to do that. Anymore. Yeah, but that's the beauty of having that mindset to just go let's just go and try something and yeah I, I, same with the similar i don't know whether it's similar with you the podcast like start i was just like 
I might try it and no one wants to come on, no one listens, I don't enjoy it and it don't go well or it has gone the other way and I've, like I said, I absolutely love it. People are reaching out and go, oh, come on and, you know, and you know, list, there are a few listeners and I'm not, you know, there's not millions of downloads but there's a few and people... It takes time. It does and it's, it's just, for me, it's doing stuff, like you said, doing stuff that you're loving, you're passionate about. Like, I, it's not about monetizing it for me right at this second. It's not about... It's just about having brilliant conversations, and I, I absolutely hand on heart love it. And mm. I think I, as long as people are willing to still come on and chat to me, as long as there are a couple of people listening, as long as I still enjoy doing it, then why not? I'm going to carry on doing it. So I think. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? Like it's that, it's that consistency. The one of the main reasons why businesses don't work is because there's not that consistency. Yeah, yeah. Or you're shit at what you do, um, or you're not doing it. You know, people go, "Oh, don't." Uh, one thing that really annoys me is people go, oh, don't use the word should. And I'm like, okay, most of the time. But you should have a, a sense of your business finances. Yeah, yeah. You should, like, manage your staff. Yeah, you know, all these things yeah, that we yeah, have to do course. in a business. And um, and it takes time yeah, um, to build to build something. Yeah. But a lot of people give up. I've had moments where I'm like, well, I'm, I'm recording a podcast episode at home going, why am I doing this? Yeah. No one's listening. But they are because they feedback and say and that it. must yeah. that, that must love for me that's all i need like some because like, i I'm, of course i'd be lying if i didn't say to, that i'd loads of times because obviously i've been doing mine weekly now for nearly since january so it's yeah. a lot of podcasting yeah. a lot of time you know how long it takes so you sort of go you know why why am i uh, am i just wasting time doing this is it but then you get one person message you on linkedin or stop you in the street go, oh, i listened to that episode it was great I know that's, that's, that's enough for another six months. And this is like <laughs> everyone listening, just like reach out to us more often, please, because we thrive on that shit. Like, we really yeah. do. We really do. <laughs> I've, had, I, I've got one person, uh, Nicola, and um, hello, Nicola. And she, she I post when I post because I've automated it all now. It's all yeah. automated. All my podcast episodes are in the system. All the posts are done. They're all sat there for the rest of the year. I don't have to think about it. It's great. And uh, and I and it post came up the other day. And Nicola was like, "Oh, great! Listened in. She listens to my podcast on the way." And it's it's that it's people you know. And another friend of mine who is an entrepreneur messaged. Mm-hmm. You know, I was chatting to him the other day, and he said, "Oh yeah, I listened to that podcast episode. I got so much out of it." I'm like, God, I wish people could tell us more often. Yeah, you know I, I mean? agree. Rate, review, let us know. Just yeah, you know, come on, come on give us five star reviews, please. <laughs> yeah, no, my downloads have gone up quite a lot, so it's good. Amazing. So let's wrap it up, Sam, because um, I don't want to like we could chat for hours, yeah, couldn't of course, we? Of um, first of all, thank you. It's oh, been a pleasure talking amazing. to you, being on the other side of the desk. It's been lovely, um, it's been lovely. and yeah, I think we've we've covered a lot, and we've I've certainly been reminded or learnt stuff in this conversation so you are how do people find what's the best way to get in contact with you sam if someone wants to reach out i'm on linkedin quite a lot that's the best way to probably sam thomas connect with me on linkedin um county business clubs come on become a part of our our community and you know contact me through there so countybusinessclubs.co.uk um yeah, and reach out and listen to the County Business Talks podcast as well as this amazing podcast. Exactly, like, you know, share the love. love. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, Sam. So thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been awesome. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. This has been How Not to Run a Business with your host, me, Jeremy Jacobs. If you like this conversation and you want to hear more, then make sure you follow or subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. 
And whilst you're there, if you want to leave me a review, I would really appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with me online, you can do so on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And my profile name is Jeremy Jacobs UK. Or you can check out my website, which is jeremyjacobs.co.uk. So once again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep on trying, keep on failing, keep on succeeding.